Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope, to all of us in the room, and those of you gathered with us online, we're glad you're here as well. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. I love that we start our services with that because there are mornings, I don't know if you're having one of those or not, where I need to be reminded that the Lord is with us. Um, my wife just this morning sent me a, a text about how things were going with the boys, and, and it included this... Uh, I don't know if you've seen the, oh, what's that movie where all the different emotions inside the girl's head are personified and inside out, inside out, the angry one who shoots flames out of his head. So it's not a great morning at our house, apparently, after I left. So maybe you're having one of those days, too. And, uh, and if so, we need to be reminded that God meets us right where we are. Whatever our experiences have been, whatever emotions we're in the middle of, uh, whatever life has thrown our way, uh, we have a chance to focus in on the God who is with us who loves us and who invite him to, uh, I don't know, to act in our lives, to, to speak to us, to, uh, to help us in very real ways. So I'd love it if we could bow our heads and pray as we begin. Thank you, God. Thank you for meeting us here, right here where we live. You don't expect us to go to some fantasy land where everything is fine and put on a happy face in order to worship you, uh, but instead you invite us to bring all of our ordinary stuff all the very real things that we deal with into your presence so that we can thank you for the good things and cry out for help for the other things. And, uh, and God, you are the God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You are present with us to heal and to guide and to strengthen and to forgive, to give wisdom, to give strength, all these things that we find ourselves needing today, God. I pray that you would help us over the course of this next hour or so to focus our hearts, our thoughts, our lives on you. I pray that in the songs that we sing, in the scriptures we read, in the, uh, in the prayers that we pray, in the gathering together around the table of our Lord Jesus, that in all that we do, that we might encounter you, your grace, your love, your presence right here among us. Thank you, God. Thank you for inviting us to meet with you today. Help us to be open to connecting with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you're able, if you're interested, let's stand and let's sing as we begin. I want 
to see you Yes, open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you I want to see you To see you high and lifted up Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing holy, holy, holy See you high and lifted up Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing holy, holy, holy Holy, holy, holy Lord, I am free. 
You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken, and great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we bow your heads with me. Let's, let's continue the prayer. We've already started with these songs. Great are you, Lord. We are so grateful uh, that the God of the universe gives us breath in our lungs so that we can sing your praises, so that we can give you thanks for all of your good gifts. We can join together with 
all the earth, with all creation, in praising you, thanking you for life, for strength, for joy, for relationships, for all the good things that you give us, God. We recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. The Bible tells us that, and we are grateful for it. Thank you, God, that whatever goes on in our lives, whatever goes on in the world, however much anxiety that might cause us from time to time when we see the headlines or when we see what happens to, uh, to people that we love or to us, God. In the middle of all of it, there you are, continuing to give us breath and life and strength and hope. Today, God, uh, for those of us who are running out of hope, I pray that you would give us a fresh fresh infusion of it, that you, would, that you would breathe your hope into our minds and hearts today, that we might be able to see a future that is good because you are good, because you love us, and we are a part of your family. You have embraced us and adopted us as your own. Thank you, God, for loving ordinary messed up people like us who I mean, by all rights, you could have just looked at the mess we'd made of the lives you'd given us and just said, well, they had their chance and just kind of shoved us off to the side and focused on someone better. But instead, God, you loved us so much that you came to us right into the middle of our brokenness, right into the mess that our world was in, the mess we had made. You stepped right into the middle of it in your son, Jesus Christ, so that today we can have hope, forgiveness, mercy, new life. Help us today, God, whatever it is that weighs down our hearts and minds. Those things that we walked into uh, this time today, uh, where these things were, were consuming us, were gnawing at us, were weighing us down. God, today, we, we present those things to you. We can't hide any of it from you, God. Our questions, our doubts, our failures, our anxieties, all of it, God. Those circumstances that just seem impossible, like there just is no solution that we can find, God, we present those to you today. All that we are, all that we carry with us, God, we are here before you, acknowledging our need of your grace, your mercy, your strength, your love. God, we pray that in each of these circumstances, we pray that that we will be able to see you present and at work, that in the days to come, we will be able to to look and see, wow, things are changing. Things are getting better. That we'll be able to see you doing things in our lives and in the lives of the people that we care about, those people that, those circumstances that we lift up to you in prayer and, and ask for your help. God, we look forward to seeing the ways that you answer those prayers, seeing the help that you bring and giving you thanks for it. And God, that includes the the circumstances that we lift up to you that 
are internal, that have to do with the, the ways we've been thinking, living, the changes that we are aware need to, need to happen in our own hearts and minds. God, we look forward to the way that you're going to set us free from uh, some thoughts that just seem like they control us, God. Impulses that continue to lead us down destructive paths. And ways of thinking that, if we're going to be honest, God, they have just not helped us one bit. And we need you to give us new ways to think, new ways to see ourselves and our lives and the people around us and the role we're to play here in your good world. God, we pray that you would transform our minds, transform our hearts. Help us to think differently as we allow your word and your truth to, to change us, to shape us, as we believe your truth instead of the lies that we've bought into in the past. God, change our hearts, our desires, our, our want to. Change that part of us as well. As we open ourselves up to your Holy Spirit, and the work you want to do in us. Help us, God, to fall in love with you, to, to desire nothing more than, than to love you with all that we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Change our hearts by your Holy Spirit's work within us, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the hope that you give because we know that you, you are good. And you are with us. You've shown us this in your son, Jesus Christ. So it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Uh, well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's take a couple minutes to exchange that peace with each other. Shake somebody's hand. Wish them the peace of Christ or happy Sunday or introduce yourself. Just a quick word to those of you joining us online. If I haven't met you, my name is uh, Rich Schmidt. I'm the pastor here. You probably guessed that already. Ordinarily, we would have seen something from uh, our associate pastor, Pastor Judy, usually leads us in prayer, but she's, uh, she's filling in for another pastor down in DeMott today. She's leading the service down there and getting to preach, so uh, we're glad to be able to, to share her as much as we're able. Uh, oh, yeah, since you didn't just get to shake our hands, we would love to hear from you. Uh, drop us a note in the comments or something, or go to livinghope.info slash connect if there's some way we can be praying for you, thanking God with you, if you have a question, and uh, we can follow up with you that way if it's something you want to keep private. Um, and, uh, and you can give online as well. All of you here in the room, uh, you can do that too, or you can just grab one of those little green cards back there and uh, jot your note on that and drop it in the offering box, and we can follow up with you or be praying for you this week. I know several of you did last week, and I uh, appreciated the opportunity to join you in prayer. And um, back there too, uh, if you uh, are getting ready to do your taxes and you gave stuff to the church this last year and you're like, hey, I need that statement for my tax, it's back there, all right? There's an envelope with your name, it's sealed, but your name's on it. Uh, you can grab that and get that so you can use that for your taxes if you need it, uh, your annual giving statement. Um, and if you don't pick it up, we'll mail it to you uh, tomorrow. But anyway, uh, hopefully you got one of these too. I see there's a couple more back there if you missed one. Uh, on the back, it mentions a couple things coming up. Um, well, it mentions that you can grab a journal today. If you, don't, if you haven't grabbed one yet, kind of today's the last chance. We're going to quit setting them out after this month. Um, we kind of figured with this new adventure of this new year, you might want a way to uh, keep track of some of the things that God is teaching you or showing you or that you're noticing, ways that you're seeing God at work uh, in this year. And so if you want to grab one of those journals just to practice with. Maybe you've never journaled before, but you thought, yeah, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And uh, you can just keep that handy. And when, when God shows you something through the day, when you have an experience of God helping you through something, you can just make a note of it. Put the date down, write it down, say, man, God showed up in an amazing way today. I didn't expect it. 
Or you're going through some dark valley and you're like, God, I need you to show up. And you just write that in there too. And um, I've heard several of you who have some experience with this uh, who said, yeah, it's great to be able to look back later and see like, oh man, that's what I was going through. And God did get me through that. I kind of forgot how bad it was because now it's so good. <laughs> you know, you'd forgotten just how rough it was for a while until you look back like, man, I, I didn't feel like God was there at all. But wow, look where he's got me. Or flip, flip that and you can look back and see like, well, God got me through this. God got me through that. Maybe he can get me through what I'm going through right now. And uh, as you're on this adventure, you want to keep track of those kinds of things. So journaling is a, is a nice way to be able to do that. And then also, uh, there's a mention there of the Overnight Warming Center that we continue to do this month and on into February, through the end of February. We are going to have people here every night um, because there's a need for it. If there wasn't a need, we'd just be sitting here with an empty building uh, overnight. But there is a need. We've got neighbors who have no place to go to stay warm in the evenings. And so if you would like to help uh, them have a place to go to stay warm, uh, we would love to have your help. Uh, if you'd like to come and work part of a night or the whole night, and several of you do, thank you very much. Uh, if you'd like to help with that, uh, we would love your help. And uh, otherwise, you can always pray. Uh, join us and pray for the volunteers as they uh, interact with folks who need to know that, they are, that somebody cares about them. You know, it, it might be that these, some of our neighbors have gone the whole day with people ignoring them or not wanting them around or something like that, getting shooed out of one place and out of another, to be able to come to a place where they are welcome and they are wanted. Um, yeah, pray that, that they'll experience that here and that our volunteers will be able to communicate that. Uh, pray that God will provide for their needs, uh, to connect them with the resources that are available in the community. Um, sometimes it seems like there aren't enough of those resources, and that's kind of the reality that we're facing. There, there aren't enough currently. But pray that God will connect them with the right uh, opportunity, whether it's a job opportunity or a place to live or whatever that might be. And, uh, and pray for yourself as well while you're doing it. Pray, God, help me to, to have an open heart to be able to see my neighbors, uh, that I'll notice the needs around me and people who need to be encouraged, people who need care, people who need resources. Uh, and you can just invite God. God, if you have a chance to work through me, uh, I'm ready. I'm open. And you might be surprised at the ways that, that God might work through you uh, in any given day. Uh, even if you're not here working an overnight shift or something, uh, that you might have an opportunity throughout the day to, to encourage someone or to help someone know that um, that not everybody in the world um, <clears throat> you know, is, the, is the jerk that they've run into uh, all day before that. So let them know that somebody cares. All right, um, this morning we are continuing this little message series that we've done for the month about this being a new year and a new adventure. I mean, who knows what's going to come uh, this year. Some of you just this morning were talking about you know, things you know are coming up, you know, surgeries or job things or, or uh, you know, different adventures you're going on or have just gotten back from, uh, getting to travel and see new things, um, all kinds of things that, that come at us in any given year. And uh, already now with uh, a couple of... Um, Different presidential primaries haven't taken place, or I guess there's a caucus and a primary and other things that are all over the news. Uh, we know it's an election year, and there's all the excitement that's going to come with that, and it's all our favorite thing to be a part of, I know. Uh, it's going to be an adventure this year, I'm sure. And uh, are we open uh, to what it is that God wants to do in our lives and do through us um, so that we can be a part of this adventure that God is, is about? Uh, we mentioned that there are three different resources that God gives us, things that will help us to be ready for whatever life throws our way. And uh, we're going to look at the third of those this morning. First was uh, we looked at the Bible, how this shapes our imagination, helps us to see the world as a place where God is always present and at work for good, and that we didn't get to be a part of that. Uh, we talked about the church last week, how God gives us companions for the journey, that you are not alone. You are not alone. 
all right? This is hugely important to know. Don't try to go it alone and be, be open to the people who might need to help you or to the people that might need your help. And today we're looking at the, this idea of the Holy Spirit as something that God gives us for the adventure to guide us and empower us. And uh, to get us started, I want to look at this weird statement that Jesus made one time. Uh, kind of counterintuitive. It's the kind of thing that Jesus says and you think, oh, I can't be right. You know, Jesus, I, I know I agree with almost everything you say, but this one, I, I, you got to be wrong about this. There's no way this is good. Uh, but he says it's good. In fact, he says it's best. Uh, in John chapter 16, he says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's getting ready to, to hit the cross and death and resurrection and, then, and leave. And he's looking forward. He's already looking ahead to like, I'm, I'm going to depart. I'm not going to be with you anymore. And he's saying, that's a good thing that I'm not going to be with you. I'm sure they're all like, mm, no, I don't think so. Uh, it's good for you to be here, Jesus. I mean, you're the one that gives us the, the words of life. They, in one part, when they're challenged by Jesus, are you going to leave me too, just like all these other crowds? Like, well, you have the words of life. Where else are we going to go to hear these life-giving words? He's, he's bringing the presence and the power of God to bear on sickness and even death. And he's doing these miraculous things. And how can it be good for you to leave? He says, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Or your Bible might have a little asterisk there saying it could be translated advocate or counselor or helper. It's this uh, Greek word that, that kind of means all those kinds of things wrapped together. Uh, someone who advocates on your behalf, someone who is a counselor or a comforter, someone who is on your side. He says, this person won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. And then a couple of verses later, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he walked this earth, I mean, this is an amazing thing, mind-blowing thing, that the God of the universe would show up in a human being. You know, that the infinite God would, would show up in this finite creature and be it's like the, all the power of God concentrated into this one, one spot. It's an amazing thing, but it's also it's a limited thing. You know, Jesus could only be in one place at one time, right? Now, after his resurrection, he, like, seems to get these, like, super resurrected powers or something where he can, like, just skip from one place to another whenever he wants. He's with these two guys out on, on the road to Emmaus, and then, zoop, he's back here with the disciples over in this other place, and they're all behind locked doors. But zoop, there's Jesus right in their midst, and uh, all of a sudden, he's doing things he didn't do before, but still, he seems to be in one place at one time. But after he ascends into heaven... And he pours out the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, God is present with each and every one of us. Wherever we go, whatever we're going through, God's Spirit is poured out on all of us. And this Spirit of truth, he says, guides us into all truth. Reminds us of the things that Jesus taught us. And, and helps us to know what we need to know as we make our way forward. And uh, I mentioned earlier, he guides and empowers us. And and that's what Jesus said to his disciples in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, uh, he had just been telling them, look, guys, I'm not going to give you a detailed timeline of my return and how all these things are going to go down. That's, that's not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses. And you're going to have the power to represent me throughout the world, he says. And that's what happens in the very next chapter. We looked at this last week as we are talking about the church and the birthday of the church there on the day of Pentecost. Um, the Holy Spirit is poured out in this amazing way. And uh, there are little... Tongues of fire, little flames on top of all the disciples' heads, and they're, they're speaking languages they never learned. And this is an amazing moment where God's presence is seen, and, and it leads to a moment where Peter is able to address this huge crowd and, and call them to, 
to trust Jesus. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This isn't just some gift that God's given to his like, disciples or to like, religious leaders or that sort of thing. So this is for everybody. So the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And he meant all. As you go continue the book of Acts, you see this spreads beyond just the Jewish people to people all over the, the Roman world uh, until you get all these letters then in our, in our Bibles where the Apostle Paul has been traveling all over the place and he's writing letters to Christians everywhere. And, and he writes this to these Christians in Ephesus. And again, this is one we looked briefly at last week. He said, consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers. You know, like we got the people of God and then we got these other folks. He said, no, you're not just these other folks anymore. You're fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. In him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He says, God's spirit lives in your midst, among you. And this is for all of us, no matter who we are, where we've been. God's spirit lives in us. God lives in us by his spirit. A spirit thing is a weird concept. And uh, I, I figured we'd let the Bible Project folks think it's, it's like a four-minute video. We're going to watch a, a real quick video about the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture, and then we'll continue. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you gotta clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy, how so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right, wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> So you feel that inside you? Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. 
Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. The story saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus who saw him alive from the dead said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's spirit. And so today, the spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. Yeah, right there near the end, it talked about how we're learning to live by the, the energy and influence of God's Holy Spirit. And, uh, and if we want to be uh, ready for whatever the adventure of life brings us this coming year, that's what we need to learn. We need to figure out, okay, how do I live by the energy and the influence of God's Holy Spirit? How do I, how do I allow him to strengthen me? How do I allow him to guide me? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, and we're going to focus just on two different uh, letters from the, from the New Testament. There's uh, Paul's letter to the Romans and to the Galatians. Two of the letters he wrote, they're kind of similar in some ways. He deals with some similar themes, and we're going to see that. Uh, so just a couple of different uh, selections from those two letters as he's trying to help them uh, know how to how to live by the leadership of God's Holy Spirit, I think there's some stuff in there that'll help us uh, as well. So uh, we, we're hopping in right into the middle of his, the eighth chapter. Um, we divided them at some point into chapters and verses just to make it easy for us to refer to which part of his letter we're talking about. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? That God, the life of God, is, is present in you. Um, now, this isn't, uh, <clears throat> I guess I should say real quick, uh, I know some people have watched that video, that brief video, and they said, oh, so it's kind of like the force in Star Wars, right? It's just like this energy that kind of permeates all things or something. No, 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 no. I know they use the word energy to talk about it, and, and that Hebrew word is the same word for like wind or breath, but it's, it's not the same thing. That's just, the, you know, the biblical author is trying to, do their best to get across to us how God's spirit moves. Jesus at one point uh, uh, when talking with Nicodemus said, you know, you don't, that people who are born of the spirit are like, well, you know, the, you see the wind, you know, you don't see the wind, but you see what it does as it blows through the trees and all that. And you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. He said, that's, that's what it's like people born of the spirit. We don't, we don't know how this works exactly, but you can see the animating force of God's Holy Spirit at work in us. It's not like a, you know, use the spirit Luke kind of a thing or something. Um, but it does mean that God is present to us by his Holy Spirit, each one of us, alive in us, to guide us, to, to give us the strength and power to do what he calls us to do. And this same Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So just for a second, I mean, if, if this Spirit of God, if God is able to raise a dead person to life, what could he do in you? What, what could he do in me? 
You know, sometimes we get to this thought that like, well, you know, I've just made too big of a mess. I'm, I'm too far down this road. I could never turn back. I, I, could, never, I could never be who God wants me to be because I've, I've spent too many years kind of pounding all that out of me and, and going down a very different, very different road. Wait, so you think that's more challenging, helping you redirect your life than it was to like raise a dead person to life? <laughs> you know, I think if God can do that, if the Spirit of God can, can take a corpse and, and make him alive... Um, I'm pretty sure he can bring life to you too. Parts of you that, are, that have been dead for a long time. Parts of your person that you thought, I just don't have that kind of love anymore. That's, that's, been, that's been beat out of me. I, I think God can bring that back to life. I think, I think God can do more in us than we, than we think. If we'll trust him. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Uh, therefore, he says, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your, what your sinful nature urges you to do. The word sinful nature, in this translation, it's, it's the word sarks. It's also translated other places as flesh. Uh, in fact, we'll see that as we look at a different translation later. Um, so he said there's this part of you, your flesh, your sinful nature, this selfish part of you that just wants what you want. And he says, you don't have any obligation to do that, to do what your, your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, just doing whatever it tells you to do, you'll die. A selfish way of living, a sinful way of living, it just it leads to death. But if, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. He says we kind of have a choice. And that's what he lays out to both the people in Rome and the people in Galatia. He says you have a choice each and every day. You got kind of these things pulling you in two different directions. You got kind of the selfish part of you that wants to pull you in one direction. And then you've got God's Holy Spirit saying, no, no, that's not the life that God has for you. You got to live this way. He says we can either let our thoughts and our minds be controlled by, uh, by those selfish desires, or we can give our minds over to listening to what the Holy Spirit says and, and, and focusing our attention and our energies in that direction. And if we do that, if we're led by the Spirit of God, he says we are children of God. So, so you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. And this isn't the kind of thing where it's like, okay, well, God's this horrible taskmaster, and I've just got to be afraid if I don't obey him that he's going to zap me or something, or he's going to give somebody I love cancer, or he's going to make me lose my job, or he's going to do some terrible thing to me, and so I better obey God so I can avoid all that bad stuff. No, no, no. You haven't received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Abba is just that Aramaic word for, for dad. You know, you can see just from the, the way it's laid out, it's like one of those simple words that kids can say right up, you know, one of the first words they're able to say, mama, dada, you know, Abba. It's one of those kinds of words that one of the first words that a child would be able to say as they're recognizing their father who loves them, saying, Abba. And he's saying, that's, that's what our spirit, we are able to call God our, our Abba, our dad, our father. Not just master, lord, king, although he is those things, right? Now we know that the God of the universe is also a father who loves us. He says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. This is a beautiful way to live, I have to say. Um, well, I can't remember, was it last week or the week before? Uh, that we were looking at what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount about not having to worry all the time. He says, your heavenly Father already knows your needs. You don't have to, to live like these people who don't know that. 
He called them pagans there. He said, these people don't know, like, do the gods care? Are they even there? Are they paying attention to us? He said, no, no, you know you've got a loving heavenly father. And so you don't have to worry as you go through life. You can know, okay, God, you know my needs. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put your way first. I'm going to try to do my best to follow you. And you'll provide for my needs. It makes us possible. It makes it, it, makes it possible for us to, to enter into the adventure of life, and to live the adventure of life with a confidence that people around you might be surprised to see. You know, when things are uncertain at work, and everyone's kind of not sure, like, oh, are we going to make it through this? Are there going to be layoffs? What's going to happen here? You're able to walk through that with a sense of confidence and calm that your coworkers are going to say, why aren't you freaking out like the rest of us? And you're going to be able to say, well, yeah, I mean, it makes me nervous too. I don't want to lose this job. It's a good job. But I know that God loves me and he's going to provide for me. If, if this job goes away, he'll provide something else. It allows you to walk through life with a sense of peace um, because you know God's got you. Because you know you, your thinking has been shaped. Your imagination has been shaped by the Bible. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know this world is one where God is present and at work. You know that you're God's child, his Holy Spirit living in you affirms that, helps you to know, I, I am your child, God. Thank you. Um, back in the day, a couple hundred years ago, kind of our, our forefathers and foremothers of the faith, uh, they would encourage people who didn't have that sense of assurance. Like they would, they would ask people to, to search your heart. and Do you know that you're God's child? Is God's Holy Spirit, in fact, affirming within you that, yes, you're God's child? If you don't have that assurance, they said you need to, they would call it praying through. You need to pray. They would invite people to come to, like, altars down front. I remember as a kid, we had little benches down at the front, and we would kneel at them and we would pray. And they would encourage you, just keep praying, keep asking until God kind of lets you know, until you kind of break through. And you, real, and you hear God's Holy Spirit saying to your heart, yes. You're forgiven, yes. You're my child. Don't worry. <laughs> I've got you. Maybe you need to spend some time with God. If you're, if you're feeling like, I don't know that I know that. Maybe you need to spend some time with God, saying, God, I, I, I do trust you. you know? maybe, maybe there's still some repentance that needs to take place in your heart. Maybe there's still some things, that you, some ways that you've been saying no to God and been pushing him away. That God is, when you, what was it we read earlier? It's God's spirit that convicts the world of its sin, God's righteousness, the coming judgment. Maybe you didn't like that feeling. God was convicting you of something, something in your life that needs to change, and you were like, nah, I don't want to think about that. Nah, I don't really want to change that, so I'll quit listening to that. Maybe you've been pushing God's spirit away instead of saying, okay, God, whatever you need from me, that's, that's what I'll do. If there's something in me that needs to change, okay, God, I'll change it. Being open and, and willing to repent and to turn from that and as you do this and God forgives you, his Holy Spirit does, in fact, affirm, speak to your spirit saying, okay, you're, you're my child. Now, in the, to, to skip over to his letter to the Galatians for a minute, um, he says similar things there. In chapter 4, he says, when the, time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, which is a Weird phrase, adoption to sonship. And they're like, yes, son and daughtership now. Come on, be inclusive, Rich. Well, okay, yes, sons and daughters. But that word that's being used is a specific word used in the kind of the Greco-Roman world to say, you know, if you were adopted as a son, you could adopt, they could adopt kids, they could adopt servants, people to be a part of their family. But then there was like another level of adoption 
this adoption to sonship that says this person's going to be one of my heirs. This person's going to inherit. They've got rights and privileges that maybe my other kids don't have. And he's saying that's what God has done for you. He has sent Jesus so that we could be elevated to this level of, of God's children where we have, we have rights and privileges connected to that. He, he kind of reaches for the, the best image he can think of for what our relationship with God is like. And he says, yeah, it's like that. He says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. And he's saying the same thing. He said to the Romans, so you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And there are good things that God has for us that we will inherit that come with being one of God's kids. And it's God's Holy Spirit that leads us into that relationship, affirms to us, helps us to know that, yes, you are in this relationship with God, that he has forgiven your sins, that you're no longer, you know, uh, need to worry about facing judgment for these things that you've done wrong. Like, nope, God has dealt with that. He's, he's, he's dealt with that through his son Jesus on, on the cross. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You are no longer held responsible. You're no, no longer guilty. There's no more guilt, no more shame that sticks to you because of that. God has dealt with that. Now you're adopted as his child. And it's God's Holy Spirit that helps us to know that this is true who leads us in that relationship. And that's where he goes then in the next chapter. He talks about being led by God's Holy Spirit. He says, uh, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh or the sinful nature. He's, going, he's talking about that same pull that he talked about to the Romans. Like, you got sinful nature or flesh that's trying to pull you in this direction. And he's like, no, 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 walk by the Spirit. Walk by the power of the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit each and every day with each step that you take. Follow God's Holy Spirit, and you, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious. He says it's not like you have to spend a lot of time on this. It, it's it's kind of obvious when you're living just kind of a selfish life. He says sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. You're just like, I don't need to spend a whole lot more time. You're just like, there's all this kind of stuff that's just kind of obvious. These are, these are acts of the flesh. These are a sinful, it's a sinful way to live. It's a selfish way to live. It's not, you don't look at that and say, oh, that's someone who loves God and loves his neighbor. You know, that's somebody who's just living life for themselves. And I know that for all of us, we look at a list like that and we think, there's, there's some of them, but we think, oh, I don't not doing any of that stuff. Idolatry, witchcraft, you know, this, is, this is about other people. And our, our eyes and our minds want to skip right over you know, the hatred or the jealousy or the selfish ambition or the dissensions and factions, this, this dividing ourselves up and saying, we're better than those people over there. It's, remember, it's an election year. There's <laughs> going to be a lot of this, okay? There's going to be a lot of this that goes on. And there are going to be people trying to pull you in that direction, Trying to say, nope, you got to root for your team and those other people. It's not just, this isn't just like a sporting event. Those people over there are trying to destroy our country and destroy our way of life, and they are evil. And if we give in to that kind of impulse that says, no, no, that's my neighbor. That's my family member. That's somebody who God loves them as much as he loves me. They just differ with me on political opinions, on the best way to handle the border or the best way to handle this issue or, or whatever issue, you know. We have disagreements, sure, but they're not my enemy. I don't need to hate them. 
You don't need to lie about them. That's acts of the flesh kind of stuff. We don't want to follow that. And he says, in fact, I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not the way that God's kids live or citizens in his kingdom. Instead, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is kind of a funny word for patience, if you ask me, but kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. If you're following the Holy Spirit, if you're walking by the Spirit, if you're letting the Holy Spirit lead your life and your mind and the way you think, instead of focusing constantly on, what can I do for me or my group or my team? So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's similar to what he said in Romans, didn't he? What did he say back there? Put to death, I think, those acts of the, of the sinful nature. Yeah, we have, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we're going we're to do our best to, to keep in step with the spirits. It's, uh, oof, boy, I know some of you are like, you love these kinds of analogies. Others of you are like, oh, I hate that. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking about a long time ago, Stacy and I took dance lessons. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm thinking of that dance analogy, like keep in step. It's like, yep, the spirit needs to lead, you know. And in dancing, usually one partner leads, and the other partner follows. And if the leader doesn't lead well, it's tough for the partner to follow. And it's, it's yeah, anyway, we, we were okay. I thought we did well. And the, and the people we were in the class with, I think we were doing all right. But, um, you know, we'd, we'd rank pretty high. But anyway, we haven't kept that up. It's like God's Holy Spirit wants to lead. And, and, and if we'll follow his lead, then it's a, it's a beautiful dance. It's a beautiful life that results. It's a life where people look at it and they think, oh, yeah, that's not a selfish kind of life. That's a, that's a beautiful life. That's, that's beautiful fruit <laughs> that's, that's growing out of that person's life. That love, joy, peace, and the rest. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Day by day, moment by moment, you have opportunity to say yes to those nudges from the Holy Spirit of God. To say yes to what God is leading you into. Or to say no. We face that choice all the time. And there are habits and, and patterns that you can build into your life that help you to, to listen to God. You know, habits of, of Bible reading or listening, or we talked about that a couple weeks ago. There, there are habits of meeting together with other Christians, like we talked about last week, that, that help us, encourage us to, to keep listening to the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. There are things we can do that can help to keep us on track or at least help us to catch when we start to, you know, get off track. It's not just a, uh, an impulsive moment-by-moment kind of a thing. You know, there are, there are patterns you can build into your life to help you in this way. But still, each day, each moment, we, we face those choices. Are we going to follow the Holy Spirit or are we going to follow our own selfish desires? It's like planting little seeds is what he says in the next chapter. He says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, who plants little seeds to please their sinful nature, from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows you know, sowing, planting, to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. He says there's a harvest from this. It's a life, an eternal life that comes from this. So let us not become weary in doing good, 
for the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we got to do, do good to everybody, but especially those fellow Christians who are right there who are trying to help you. It's like, yeah, you got to help each other. And then together you're able to help uh, everyone else. It's this Holy Spirit that gives us the, the energy, the strength to not get weary, to keep planting those seeds, to each in, in those moments to realize, okay, I'm planting good seeds here, God, and I know there's a harvest to come. To go back to Romans 8 for a moment, uh, those times where we do feel weak and tired, it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit helps us when we feel like we're out of energy. God gives us an energy to, to keep going. <clears throat> but he gives an example. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Because sometimes we just kind of run out of that. Like you prayed all you can. I just heard someone this last Wednesday, was it just this last Wednesday night, I think, tell a story about a friend who uh, some horrible circumstances going on in their life. And they, they were just like, I've prayed all I can. I can't just keep praying the exact same thing over. God, I still need strength. I still need help. And I don't even know what else to pray for. They was kind of done. They, they had nothing left in them. And they came across this verse that says, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I said, okay, God, I, just, that's all, I feel like that's all I got left is groans. All I got left is, ugh, I can't do this anymore. And I, God, I just, ah, I, I need your help. And it's like, that's all I've got left is groans. And he said, the Holy Spirit can pray there in, in ways that you can't put into words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit's saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And then that's that verse that we've all heard so many times. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I, I prefer the other translation that says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, called according to his purpose. God is always present and at work for your good. And then he mentions what that purpose is. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I don't know what 2024 is going to hold for you. I know for some of you, because you've been telling me, like, oh, I've got this thing coming up, and oh, I'm not looking forward to this, and, and there are some things coming up this year that are, uh, it's not going to be easy to get through. But God will be with you. And God's going to be at work in your life through everything, whether it's high moments of, of great joy or whether it's low moments of great frustration and sorrow. God is going to be present and at work in those circumstances, and God's Holy Spirit can lead you through it. And his purpose is to make you more like Jesus, and he can accomplish his purpose for your life. We just need in, in every moment, every day, to follow the lead of God's Holy Spirit. It's a gift that he gives, his personal presence with us, drawing us close to the God who loves us as his child, leading us through life, building beautiful, growing beautiful fruit in us. I, I got to say, I, I enjoy getting to see that fruit already, you know, grown in so many of you. Uh, as we look at ways that we, whether it's through the overnight warming center or other ways that throughout the year, I get to see beautiful fruit that's grown in you, generosity and love and patience and kindness, so much, so much good that it's coming out that I say, yep, that's that's the fruit of God's Holy Spirit. That's what God does in a person when they trust him, beauty that comes out of them. And I'm going to enjoy continuing to see that fruit coming out of you and coming out of me as we continue to allow God's Holy Spirit to lead us and to empower us. It's a beautiful life that God has for us. It is a, a beautiful adventure. Let's, uh, let's pray for a moment before we celebrate 
communion together today. God, thank you. Thank you that you are able to bring beauty out of, well, some, some pretty awful messes sometimes. You bring life where there's, all we can see is death. That's what your Holy Spirit does, God. And we thank you for it. Today, God, I pray you'd help all of us to be open to the work that your Spirit wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. God, convict us of sin. We don't want to live this life just like hanging on to some, some destructive sinful habit or pattern that is, that is messing us up and dragging us down and hurting the people around us. God, we don't, we don't want that. I mean, yeah, there's a part of us that wants that. That's why we're doing it. But God, there's this other part of us, your Holy Spirit, that is saying, no, no, oh, that's, you're convicting us, God. You're helping us to know that's, that's not something for us to cling to. That's something for us to let go of if we want to live the beautiful life you've created us to live. So today, God, help us to repent. Help us to let go of that sin, to recognize it for what it is as you help us to see it, to let go of it and to to turn and to live a different way. God, help us to be able to imagine ourselves without that, to imagine the life that you have for us without that continuing to trip us up or hold us back. Thank you, God. Lead us into that beautiful life that you have for us as we are led and empowered by your Holy Spirit to live the life you created us for. Help us each moment, God. Give us the strength every moment of every day to trust you, to let you lead us. We can't do this by our own strength, God. We, we depend on your strength. This isn't something that we kind of work up the, the courage to do or the, or the strength to do. This is us totally depending on you to lead us and empower us to live a life that is pleasing to you, a life that truly is beautiful, a life of love for you and each other. It's your Holy Spirit that does this work. It's your Holy Spirit that changes us from the inside out. So please, God, help us to cooperate with your Holy Spirit and the good work that you want to do in us and through us. God, we see the depths of your love displayed in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And we're thankful that we have this sacrament of Holy Communion where we get to offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence here that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. Remembering that on the night he was betrayed, the night he was preparing to give his life for us, Jesus celebrated this meal with his disciples and took bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you took the cup and you said this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins you drink this do it in remembrance of me and God we do today today we remember the great price that was paid the, the, the depths of your love that you showed us and Jesus we thank you that you held nothing back but out of love for us you took on the powers of sin and death and the devil and by your death and resurrection you defeated them So that today we can experience freedom. Today we can be set free from the chains that have held us back. Today we can experience life as you share your resurrection life with us. So we offer you ourselves, God, and we pray. We pray that we would experience your grace today. We admit that we need your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. We confess our sins. That we have not always loved you with all that we are. We've not always loved our neighbors as ourselves. 
And we receive today the grace that you give us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. When we confess our sins, you are faithful and just. You forgive us our sins and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to experience today that our sins are washed away. Help us to experience today the presence of the Spirit of Christ in us, affirming to us that we are your children, loved by you, adopted into your family, embraced by the God who loves us. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, Doug and Mary are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. Uh, As we sing, I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. As we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and return to your seats. And, uh, oh good, we got the kids joining us today as well. Because I think, did you say you were just talking about this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is open to all of us uh, who are saying yes to Jesus today. All of us who are hungry for his grace and grateful for his love. Uh, So if that's you... Uh, then you're invited to come and to celebrate and to give thanks. Uh, if you can't come forward, we've got them on the tables. If you need there, you can peel it back, get to the bread, and get to the juice and celebrate there as well. So let's celebrate. Let's give thanks.
Thank you, God. Thank you for the love you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Fill us today with the spirit of Christ, we pray, so that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, carrying your grace and your love to those you send us to. Until that day when we meet on that beautiful shore, until that day when all things are made right in this world, God, would you help us to follow the lead of your Holy Spirit so that we might partner with you in making things right, in seeing your justice, your righteousness, your grace poured out on all people. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.